Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscovered downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Hawkins Show. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are you listening to? That's uh, mostly You Go Your Way and I Go Mine by Bob Dylan from Blonde on Blonde. Uh, sending that out to Desmond Bain and his ongoing grudge against the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Do you enjoy that? I enjoy it specifically when it's Desmond Bain having good games against Dallas. In a broad sense, I get bored of the players like, Eiffel will forever be mad at teams who didn't draft me kind of stuff. I roll my eyes at that generally, but I'll give Desmond Bain a pass. Well, sometimes it also includes this their own team that actually picked them in a later round. Right, like right, may right, have right. passed them over once or twice yeah. before they picked them. Like the whatever New England and Tom Brady, uh, evidently. Obviously, Desmond Bain was terrific last night. Uh, you told us yesterday they weren't going to tank, and they, they they sure did not. Yep. Um, what struck you? I mean, that was. You know, I, I sort of joked on, on Twitter, and if I write, I may, you know, re, redo my own my own joke or whatever. But, like, hey, Taylor Jenkins gets to say the phrase next man up mentality as much as he wants for at least a week without, without me rolling my eyes and, oh, no more of this, more of this coach speaking in. You you go with it, Taylor. You Like, like tattoo it on your forehead for all I care. Um, th- that everyone, I think everyone played well in that game. There were stretches like like Biombo was uh, you know in some spots where he was Biombo, and in the fourth quarter David Roddy sort of got over his skis and they pulled him out appropriately, but otherwise like everybody brought it and and they it was sort of a triumphant moment in in the um in the fourth quarter where Dallas starts to make a run and Grizzlies come back and push it back up. And Dallas, the Grizzlies score, and Dallas throws an inbounds, like to Luca, who's like not even looking, and the ball rolls out of bounds, and Jason Kidd immediately calls a timeout and just pulls everybody. Like they didn't beat them; they they like beat them. They, right, like right. they made them. They made them. You know, it's like, like like they got on their back and made them say uncle, basically. <laughs> um, and so that was great. I, the best game Tillman's played all season. Um, uh, Roddy sort of resurfaced, has the big dunk, and like like everybody brought it. Um. And for all of the uh, the next man up cliches, which you are giving him license to use at least for another week, he actually played with a lot of joy. There was nothing cliche about that. He, he called it the, one of the most impressive, the most impressive team wins of the season. I think it, it was. It was probably the singular most impressive team win of the season. Coming on the hill, off the hills of what maybe had previously been the most most, most yeah. impressive team win of the season. It was that was quite a road trip um, to go win at Los Angeles, where you'd been just blown out the previous two games you'd been yep. at Los Angeles, the regular season, and then the close And lost playoffs. 10 and 9 of the previous 10. Right. Yeah. And then go at Phoenix on a game where they have all three of their main guys, and now you're down John Morant in that game. And then come at Dallas, where, like, Luka has sort of owned you. Now, 
now you know Morant. Not only do you not have Morant in the game, you know he's out for the season, and now you're out Jaron Jackson, and now for better or worse, because he's been struggling lately, you're out Santi Aldama, and you give the effort you give. And then Marcus Smart, who's played great, I, I think they said on the broadcast, these past three games for the first time in his career, yeah, 20 he's plus. scored 20-plus in three straight games. Then you lose him like for the fourth quarter, and like you just keep – Keep trucking, you know. I mean, <laughs> next, that, that, next man up mentality, man. That, that has to be one of the great road trips. Uh, Luca, yeah, Luca had won ten of eleven against in games he last played against the Grizz. So, right. Um, and obviously, people are making comparisons to the hateful eight game, where uh, a uh, a much diminished Memphis team went to Cleveland and beat LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah, LeBron in that moment was a. LeBron and the Cavs in that moment were a far greater thing than Luka and the Mavs in this moment. Right. And that team did not have Desmond Bain. That team had Lance Stevenson, not Desmond <laughs> Bain. It had Tony Allen playing the role of Desmond Bain. Well, it had Tony <laughs> Allen playing the role of right, Marcus right, Smart, right, Vince Williams. Right, but it was like Lance right. Stevenson playing. I mean, you know, that, that, was, that, was, that was Lance Stevenson, not Desmond Okay, Bain. so last night was great fun. It was a triumphant moment. The road trip, tremendous. All of that. What from that was... Real or defense. Here's the first thing I would, if you want to look at it and say, you know, when John Morant got injured, everyone was out for the year. Everyone's like, they have no chance to make the play in, which probably true. Um, especially since they had like a, probably a sub 50% chance of making the play in with John Morant, yes, right? right? You know, but if you want to say, may, could they? Here's one thing I will say. Defense. De- defense matters, too. Defense is real. They've got John Morant. Losing John Morant doesn't hurt their defense. No. They, they have gained Jaron Jackson. They have Vince Williams. They have Marcus Smart. Let's assume this finger thing is, is a short-term thing. Okay. It seems likely. They didn't have those three guys all playing when they went 6-19. And, in fact, and, and I, this is something I, I did write, like, in the moment, like an hour after the jaw injury happened, when I wrote about this, this is I, this was in the column that night. I pointed out that is it it's too much to expect the Grizzlies to win at the level they would need to to make the play in without Morant again because they probably couldn't. It was going to be hard to do that with Morant, but it was right to expect them to be much better now than they were before without Morant because this is not the same team. Right. The number of games they, they will not. We said this. They will not go. Six and nineteen in any twenty-five game stretch from here to the end of the Probably season. Probably not, but 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 let's Go talk ahead. about why. Uh-huh. By the time it took it took Vince Williams a month to enter the rotation. Right. By the time he entered the rotation, Marcus Smart and, and Luke Kennard were both gone with long, fairly lengthy injuries. The number of games in that first twenty-five in which they had Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, and Vince Williams in the rotation was zero, zero. Right. That six and nineteen was built on a lot of. Jake LaRavia, a lot of Zaire Williams in the starting lineup, right. a lot of Derrick Rose, a lot of Jacob Gilliard, a lot of David Roddy. Like that's like the last five guys right. or whatever. Um, it's a different thing when it's Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, Vince Williams in the mix. And defensively, if you put Jaron Jackson, Vince Williams, and, and and Marcus Smart, the three best defensive players on this team, all together, like that's that's elite stuff, and I look at it today. I mean, the, the sample's small, but it's like this is not fluky. It, it, they've played something like I don't know sixty, seventy minutes with all three of those guys on the floor together, and the defense is stifling the defensive numbers. And you look overall, like the easy thing to pull up is fifteen games because on the NBA site you can pull up that's as far as it'll go, and you just click that number. Over the past fifteen games, which is 
generally speaking, that's Vince Williams fully there, and now Marcus Smart coming back, and Jaron's been there. Over the last 15 games, they're tied for fourth in the league on defense. That, that, they can keep doing that. That's real. They can right. be a top-five defense the rest of the season if they keep this team together. The question is, can you score enough? And that's been the problem all season. And even when, when after Morant came back, the, the, the offense was real up and down even with him right. back. It was up initially, and then they, and then they dipped. And so, you know, can, can you find a way to score enough to let that defense let you win enough games to, to, to stay in the mix? And I think the answer to that is maybe. It's maybe. Luke Kennard back in the starting lineup. Do you, in the starting lineup, do you approve? The Kennard stuff is interesting because, you know, there are games where his shots aren't falling and then he just, he kind of kills you because, like, right. what's, what's the point, right? But then there are games where the shots fall, but he's not getting any shots. Like the first quarter last night, he, he had right. one, one field goal attempt right. in the first quarter. They have got to find a way to get him more involved. And when he came back in, I thought he was much more involved in the offense. Not only was he getting more shots, he 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 was leveraging the attention the defense was giving him in, into into setting up other players. The the key is that you've got to keep Kennard involved in the offense. Um, I think we've seen what Desmond Bain's done. We've seen what Jaron has done. You know, if Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart is not going to the way he's played the last three games will not be the normal. He'll be up and threes, down. Right, There'll yeah. be ups and downs, but there will be ups. I think you know they're going to play smaller, which will give them a little bit more space. It wouldn't surprise me if they were able to play at least 500 or maybe a little bit better than that with the team they have, which would be dramatically different from that 6-19. It would also not be good enough. Right. Um, and so and I— you wouldn't predict 500 going forward. No, I, I didn't predict it. I said right. it wouldn't— you wouldn't, su- right. Would, right. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked right. because I think they can play top-five-level defense with this roster they have. Now, the problem is, like, are you going to have this roster you have? You didn't have Jaron last night, and now Smart's right. injured, and then, you, you know, well, all you this also, stuff. as you point— But mean, they can be a competitive team. In terms of how you score, last night, you got 14 from Zaire, you got 14 from Tillman, you got right. 11 from Roddy. This back half of the yeah. roster that we had declared to be woefully deficient— You got none from Jaron. —came through. Yes, that's true. You got none from Jaron last night. Right. And so, you know— And none from Santi. Whatever. Right. I think even without Morant, this team can be a top five level defense with two all star players and John Mar- all star level players and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. And so I think that six and nineteen stuff is a mirage from what they're capable of doing. Now, are they capable of doing enough to make it up? Probably not. It's hard right. to imagine. It was going to be hard with Ja, but I think you know I, I you know I want to honor what they just did and what right. they're doing and they're and now they're coming home for a really high profile homestand of three games and four nights and like. You know, I think for now the focus should be on, like, what they've accomplished and, and, like, the value of those games. It's sort of like, you know, last night, you know, that game against the Spurs where I said, like, you know, Stephen Adams' future didn't matter when when Ja was going at Wimby. Right. Last night for 48 minutes, nothing right. mattered but those 48 minutes. Right. And that is why we love basketball or a part right. of it. I know? think it was an important reminder that, yes, there can be moments, whatever, you know, uh, that will uh, – that will continue uh, even without John Morant, as we were all uh, mournful about John Morant's uh, uh, finish for the season. In terms of, in terms of the rest of those guys, I do think like there will be an opportunity to sort through them. Like we saw David right. Roddy again last night, and right. it, I, I don't know, like Zaire. Ja wasn't there last night. It's he a, was still pretty good. Ja wasn't there in the Phoenix game, and Zaire closed. I, I think Ja coming back boosted, gave Zaire a boost. 
Right. It's like you gave him a push. Right. It's like like you're teaching your kid to ride a bicycle, right. and you're like you're you're holding the bike for them, and you're running along with them, and then you give them a push, and you stand back, and you hope they can keep pedaling. That's where Zaire is right now in this moment. These last two games, Ja gave him the push, and now he's pedaling, and we'll see if he can keep the bike going. And maybe he can, maybe he can. It is interesting because we talked about what you can accomplish the rest of the season. If you can with Vince Williams and Marcus Smart and Jaron can demonstrate an identity that you that 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 can carry into next year then that you, you can you feel back, pretty damn good about. You come back and add and add, and add. Stephen Adam uh, Stephen or some equivalent and Ja. Yes, I think you know I wrote like a month ago at this point. I wrote this column about you know the season is mostly about next season and sort of these three paths. And I made sort of a, a small distinction between a, a, a um, gap year and a reshuffle. A gap year is you're mostly bringing it back, and then you're bringing back your players who were injured, you're adding your draft pick. A reshuffle is like you're not necessarily getting rid of everything, but you're getting rid of some stuff in the middle middle of your roster. Like you're having to, to reshape things a little bit more. I think I think the the emergence of Vince Williams, trying to see Marcus Smart settle in, it's giving you a sense that it could be a little bit more like the gap year. Now, I think the Canard and Aldama stuff, to me, like that's sort of the, that that's sort of the um, the dividing line between those two things. Like, are those guys going to come back, or are they going to be shuffled out? I think the guys below that, like you, you know, if you're moving on from a David Roddy or a Jake Laravia or whatever, that that's still gap year stuff. That's just right. that's nibbling around the right. edges. Right. I think Canard and Aldama are more sort of core rotation, and so I think those guys are up for grabs a little bit. But I think I think running this back generally with a mid first round to lottery pick, you know, they're going to be somewhere in that one to fifteen range, where, right. no matter what happens. Right. So running this back with a top half of the first round draft pick and then Adams, Morant, and Clark all coming back, I think is an extremely viable path for the team. Uh, Tillman is still in the uh, gap year category. Does it become complicated what to do with him if they are feisty, uh, continue to be feisty or not, and someone wants to throw you a second at the trade deadline? We'll see. I mean, they'll have to make that decision for another month. I I think, you know, he had a great game last night. He has had a bad season. Right. Um, So I I think his bad season has has been disappointing because we have seen more from him. And because he had a real opportunity, you know, with Adams and Clark out, he had an opportunity to just be the starting center right. all season. And, and we'd seen good things in the playoffs from yeah, him. There was he, pretty reasonable he just, expectations. He just lost it. I, I think, you know, the Tillman stuff, could Tillman be back? Yeah, I think Tillman being back is going to require somebody else moving out. Aldama, Clark, I, I don't see them doing a new contract for Tillman on top of the contracts they already have on those other four guys. I think... Tillman is a good fifth big man for the Grizzlies or anybody else, right. you know, on, on, a, on a low contract number. So I wouldn't rule out like he could be back in that kind of situation. But I, you know, I don't want to overreact to last night's game. It, for guys like Roddy, LaRavia, I mean, you, you don't talk about clearing up a roster spot for Vince. Are those things you attached assets to to get rid of? Like, how do, if you if you want to move off of them, um, that's that that's un, that's very unclear. You know, I I I don't. Are there people who had a certain scout of LaRavia and they had a first-round grade on him and now they say, oh, could we just get him for a second-round pick now? And, right. and like, I, I wouldn't shock me if you could trade LaRavia for a second-round pick instead of attaching something. The idea of attaching, I don't think you would attach anything. You could just cut a guy. Like, why are you giving up right. something to get off of a $3 billion contract? Just eat the $3 billion contract, you know? Right. Um, all right, and then you bring up, it does, like, 
the fact that they have done just done what they have done does um, does create some momentum uh, heading into this uh, Clippers Friday, and then the Knicks, right. and then the Warriors. And the Warriors are kind of a mess right now. That's an interesting game. It'd be a lot more interesting if John Morant was in it, but it's still kind of an interesting game. I, I would hope it would be a it would be it would be a bummer on bummer on top of a bummer. You're already without Morant, but if you don't get Smart and Jackson in these games, that would be right. pretty disappointing. So you know, you know, Jaron was listed as questionable on the on the on the injury report for the da- Mavericks game. Aldama was listed as out, not out. He was listed as doubtful, right? And Jaron was listed as questionable, and so that gives me a little bit more hope that we'll see Jaron back in this in this in this homestand. I don't know about Marcus. Uh, what do you think of the Draymond stuff? He's back. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the, the Warriors, I'm so ready for the Warriors to just go away. Now, now, now the problem for this season, it's not a problem. It's what's done is done. You have no control over it, but the Grizzlies had that pick and that pick was, was the main, that was yeah. the main thing they sent out in the Marcus Smart deal. So, you know, at this point it, it's, it, you know, it's already happened. So it, re, re, in real terms, it doesn't actually matter, but you know, from, it gives from, me a pang. When I see them yeah. falling apart, I would take pleasure in it normally, but right, there's right, a little right. bit of me that thinks, God, if they end up getting like, you know, the seventh or eighth pick or whatever. But I'm just, you know, I think a lot of people are, are bored with this whole Steve Kerr act and bored with right. just the whole the whole sense of entitlement that that, that that franchise has, even even when they're going through through troubles, you know? And so, you know, I don't know. Have you since the jaw injury have you gone to brush up on the draft lottery? Who's available? Have I mean, you, I mean, I, I mean, I keep aware you. I, anyway. I know, all, I know all the names, but I, don't, right. I haven't had time to watch these guys. So I don't, I don't have, I have no personal opinion about Alexander Saar or right. Nikola right. Topic. Topic. Is or it Topic or Topic? I don't right. know exactly. But right. people keep saying, so you need to watch college basketball now. I'm like, no, you look, really don't. You need to watch international no, you basketball need to watch now. This you know? draft, you need to watch international basketball. Right. Uh, you've never been a big uh, fan of the Golden Globes. Did you watch the Golden Globes? I did not watch. I think that was, no, they I was, think on, it was during was the, the Suns game. game. Exactly yeah. right. You didn't watch any of the Golden Globes. No. Do you know the results of the Golden Globes? I know because the result, the, the awards don't matter. It, <laughs> it, it, I mean, the, the, right. the, the first question is the better question because that's the point. The is, point to watch, is to watch. Well, yeah. Right. No, I mean, the, the Golden Globes used to be a total sham because it was this, this this racket organization, the Hollywood Press Association, and then all that all that got exposed. And that organization died um, in scandal. But it was too valuable of a television property. And so now it is right. literally a Dick Clark production. It's like the Times Square ball drop. Dick Clark Productions took it over, and it is a made-for-TV event that gets celebrities in a room so you people at home Season will watch, watch celebrities, celebrities in a room. That's what it's about. I mean, I don't know why anyone would care about the awards. People like to watch them. Right. Yeah. The people who like to watch them like to watch them. All right, Chris, appreciate it.